0: Is Justin Trudeau hinting at yet another CBC bailout? I'm Candace Malcolm and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. So according to a memo which was unearthed by Blacklock's Reporter, which is an investigative journalism outlet over in Ottawa, they do great work. Well, according to their report, this memo was written by the Trudeau government's Department of Canadian Heritage and it stated that the CBC is under immense financial pressure. This despite receiving $1.2 billion each and every year from the Trudeau government. Do these government journalists really need even more taxpayer cash? Well, the Trudeau government memo seems to make that case. It says this, the COVID-19 pandemic and the challenges of covering it put immense pressure on CBC's workforce, operations, finances, and systems. But wait a minute, why would COVID affect the CBC? Think about it. It isn't like they're a small business who were forced to shut their doors because of a government mandate. They're not a mom and pop shop who lost their clientele because of the lockdowns or their cash-strapped clients. It's hard to think of any real way that the CBC would have been affected. They're not a private company. They don't rely on subscribers. They don't really even rely on advertisers to stay afloat. It's hard to think of any way that COVID or the resulting lockdowns would have really had any effect on CBC or their bottom line. Perhaps that's why the memo did emphasize this one point. It says the postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics put additional pressures on its cash flow, right? The Olympics. So poor CBC, they had to wait an entire year uh, for that big media event. But get this, because of COVID, because of the pandemic, the Trudeau government already gave the CBC more money. Yes, they pledged an additional $21 million for this very reason in the most recent budget. This is from the budget document. It says, budget 2021 proposes to provide $21 million in 2021-22 as immediate operational support to the CBC Radio Canada. The funding will ensure its stability during the pandemic and enable it to continue providing news and entertainment programming that keeps Canadians informed. (laughs) To keep Canadians informed, I do love that. Have have you spent much time on the CBC's website lately? I, I usually don't. I make a point of not going and visiting it because the news over there is truly preposterous but for this report i spent a bit of time perusing through the website and let me tell you i I can barely even describe it as a news site it's really a propaganda site that sort of pretends to be a news site i'll tell you what i'm talking about every progressive left-wing cultural trend that's been exported from the american left can be found front and center on the cbc just check this out So first we have this large banner at the top of the page and there's ads plastered all over the site called Being Black in Canada with a bunch of Marxist revolution fists up in the air and it says this, find more stories about the black experience in Canada. And sometimes when you're scrolling through a different news site, you'll see an ad bar. So it's a a bar on the side of the screen that is an advertisement, but it looks like the sort of trending stories on the site. And this is the feed that's dedicated entirely to that uh, series that the CBC does. It's pretty wild. It's like they have their own segregated news right here. There's an entire section devoted just to telling stories about black people in Canada. So I guess this This is all in response to the US Black Lives Matter movement, which is an American movement Directly in response to the disproportionate crime and police shootings of black people in the US But we don't really have that problem in Canada, do we? We don't have the same history We don't have the same school systems in the US. We don't have the same criminal justice systems So it's a little odd to take this American cultural phenomenon and try to apply it into Canada try to rectify it That the, the experience of black people in Canada is just different In fact black people in Canada only make up about 3% of the population so a little more than a million people But get this, a majority of black people in Canada, 52% are immigrants. So they were born somewhere else and they moved to Canada. Most likely they chose to come to Canada or their parents brought them when they were children. So again, the the experience of black people is just different. It's a little weird that we would have this whole section of the government funded broadcasting news station devoted to the experience of 3% of the population. And it's interesting to note that in Canada, the black population has doubled in the last 20 years, meaning that more and more black people want to come to Canada because it's a good country. It's a great place for them to live. So they come here just like it's a great place for everyone to live. Our story couldn't be more different than our American neighbors. And yet our state broadcaster insists on importing this cultural narrative from another country and then awkwardly trying to apply it into Canada. So do black Canadians, most of whom are immigrants, and most of whom are probably pretty grateful and happy to be here, do they really need their own news section, their own separate news with this weird Marxist banner? How silly. It really is silly. The silliness doesn't end there. Let's look at some of the top stories today just for fun. Again, I I don't usually go on the CBC website, but I just decided to, to cruise around today and I was pretty surprised by what is considered news over at the CBC. So here's a story. here. It says, Health Canada dragging feet on approving magic mushrooms for therapeutic use, patients and advocates say. So right here, one of the top stories on the website is the CBC pushing for the approval of psychedelic drugs. Okay, next, we have a story here. It says, Ontario's hair school standards still ignore black hair four years after work began to include it. So in this story, we hear all about how difficult it is for some black women to find hair salons where people know how to do their hair. And of course, the response here is so typical of the big government mindset over at the CBC. So instead of letting the free market do its thing, which is a sort of a problem like this, lots of people have different hairstyles, different hair textures, different hair types, and you therefore have lots of different people who kind of specialize in different hairstyles, different hair textures, different techniques, uh, different Things that they do to someone's hair. Instead of letting the consumers sort of try to seek out someone who specializes in the hairstyle that they are looking for, the CBC instead is pushing for this blanket approach where the government regulates it to make sure that all hairdressers in the province of Ontario have the ability to work on all hair types and all hair textures. Now, of course, this would require all hairdressers in Ontario to have more training, more time, more specialization, and ultimately it will just make everybody's haircut in Ontario more expensive. But the social justice warriors over at the CBC, they don't care about that. All they care about is advocating for social justice, and that is clearly what this piece is all about. It's funny, when you have an entire section on your website dedicated to being Black in Canada, you have to have reporters just kind of out there making up the news, inventing Stories um, that aren't really that newsworthy, aren't really that big of a deal, um, but you know, you have all this money and you have these dedicated reporters, and so they're going to come up with news one way or another. I think this story is a pretty good example of that. Sort of like how the federal government, they have dedicated funds that newspapers and media outlets can apply for, and the government gives up millions of dollars for for reporters to cover climate change. And that's why you see all these news outlets that have a climate change reporter. It's their job to report on climate change because they're getting paid by the federal government to subsidize these positions. And that's why you see so much news about climate change. Think about it. If your job is a dedicated climate change reporter, you're going to look at every weather event, you're going to look at every event and see it through the lens of climate change and make it about climate change because that's what your job is and that's what the government is paying you to do. And so we see that here. Okay, let's keep scrolling, see what else the CBC has to offer today. And I, I really, this story really just takes the cake for me. I'm going to read a little bit from it because it is just a little silly, just like the other CBC stories, this one probably is the silliest. It says, transgender woman says getting gender affirming ID in Ontario is an impossible struggle an impossible struggle, we're told. So this this story is about a trans woman, so a biological male who wants to get a new ID in Ontario listing the gender as female. We're told that is an impossible struggle and the CBC explains just how. So I'm gonna read from this piece. It says, first the subheading says, trans people required to get doctor's letter when changing gender on photo cards. So. Ever since Diana Bosco transitioned to female four years ago, she's been attempting to get identification that accurately reflects her gender, a process she describes as invasive and stymied by systemic discrimination against transgender people. She's currently trying to get an Ontario photo card, government-issued ID for those without a driver's license, with her sex designated as F but she says she has only been met with barriers. It's been an impossible struggle, Diana says. It feels like all the old hate just lingers around in the system and everywhere. I just know, I. I don't know what to do. I just want to live my life, but I'm struggling here. Okay, so the CBC goes on to explain this struggle and how the system is just so filled with hate. It says earlier this month, Diana and her social worker went to Service Ontario location in West Toronto so Diana could apply for the card. We're told that when she was there, the Service Ontario worker asked some uncomfortable questions and ultimately asked her for a doctor's note and that is what she's saying that she is upset about. She says, I know who I am. I don't need to prove it to you and then she basically learned that it was required that the doctor's note had to be there. So according to the CBC piece, it says here that Diana said the requirement is a huge obstacle for trans people facing systemic discrimination in the healthcare system as they may not have a doctor they trust to provide the letter. It goes on to say that the people who work in Ontario in healthcare and as service as Ontario need more education about trans people and that they shouldn't be so mean in asking, all these questions. Well, I I just kind of have a hard time. I I mean, look, I won't discount this one person's experience. Maybe she's having a really difficult time. Maybe this is a impossible struggle for her, but sort of from an objective standpoint, we know that it is incredibly easy in the province of Ontario to get your gender changed. Remember when the rebel sent a news personality to go and do this exact same thing, this very thing just to show how easy it is. I'm gonna play a bit of this clip because again, it just sort of walks you through the process and it shows you just how easy it is to get your gender changed in Ontario. So this is Lauren Southern, remember her? She decided that she was gonna go do this stunt. She dressed up as a guy, sort of. I mean, you can see here, she still very much looks like a woman, but she dressed like this, and she walked into a doctor's office. She told the doctor that she had been identifying as a man, that her friends called her by male pronouns, and that she wanted to validate this through the system in Ontario, Play you a bit of that clip um you might not get this question often and i don't mean to waste your time at all but i've been a gender non-binary person for about a year now sorry gen gender non-binary binary can so i use binary? i use male pronouns and along my friends groups as oliver can tell you i've been identified as a male for a uh, while i don't always present as male but um gender is a spectrum so well, I'm cause... gonna give you the benefit of the doubt I mean it's not like I can prove anything right yeah obviously yeah, thank you do you want me to say that you should be identified as a male yes please okay, okay. the letters the, you. The- now you can see the doctor is you know perfectly fine barely even skeptical just sort of like okay whatever whatever you want whatever you need here you go provides the note that is required really just goes along with it no one wants to be accused of being offensive or being hateful towards trans people and most people will just kind of go along with it now next lauren heads on over to service ontario which is a service provider in ontario that issues the government id and so she you can see she's no longer dressed like a dude she's got her hair down she's wearing lots of makeup and she even has a low-cut shirt so she's looking a lot more like a woman in this clip and she originally doesn't mention anything about her gender being a man to the clerk she just hands all the documents and then kind of very at the very end as an afterthought she just mentions oh and by the way I'm a man and here's the documentation so let's play this clip sure one more thing for purposes of this identification I would like to be identified as male I brought in all of the uh proper documents. Huh. I'd glad to tell me. One moment there. Okay? Yep. my favorite part of that clip is when the clerk calls Lauren, sir. Uh, Again, you know, people are just trying to be polite. No one wants to be accused of being hateful. No one actually is hateful. And most people just want to be helpful. And you can see here, you know, the, the clerk makes a phone call, explains the situation, no problem. Lauren gets her, Lauren walked away from the Service Ontario office with the piece of paper documenting that she was now legally a male in Ontario. So the very fact that someone like Lauren, who is a social media personality, a provocateur, could just so easily and so quickly get her gender changed legally in Ontario makes me a little bit skeptical of the claim being made here by the CBC, which is that it is an impossible struggle to get this done. It really didn't seem impossible at all. In fact, it seemed far, far too easy. But again, the CBC does not do journalism. They do woke left-wing activism. This probably met their quota that they have some kind of a weekly quota of telling trans stories and uh, this, this fell into that. So you know what, all this is just to say, it's no wonder that Canadians are tuning out from the CBC. And they are, CBC's numbers are massively down. So CBC's ad revenues fell by 20% last year. And in October 2020, they had to cut 130 employees from English television. And that was despite getting that $21 million cash infusion from the Trudeau government. So sure, you can blame that on the pandemic, but in the five years before 2020, from 2015 to 2019, ad revenue also fell by 53%. That is part of a long trend of declining viewership of the CBC, ad revenue also fell by 12% between 2010 and 2015. And of course, the declining ad revenue reflects the declining viewerships because Canadians by and large are no longer getting their news from the CBC. The CBC News' flagship program, The National, has seen some of the sharpest declines in viewership. So since Peter Mansbridge's departure as host in 2017, The National has seen a 24% decline in viewership. This report from the Globe and Mail is from 2019, so I can only imagine the numbers are even lower today, but this is what the report from the Globe and Mail says. The public broadcaster's flagship national newscast has attracted an average of 401,000 viewers aged two years old plus nightly on the main CBC TV network over the 2018-19 television series, down sharply from the 525,000 average number of viewers who tuned in for Man's Bridges final season as news anchor. Okay, so let me just make this point because it's really silly. If you're watching this video right now on YouTube or Facebook, you see the total number of devices that are watching the video. So one device counts as one view but if you live in the network television world they use statistics canada data to determine how many people are in your household and if you're over 2 years old you're included so long as one person in the household has the tv on while the cbc is on so my two-year-old son who is not awake during the evening news, and even if he was awake, he wouldn't be sitting over my shoulder consuming the news and listening and soaking it all in. Well, it doesn't matter because he counts as a viewer and still, and still, even with that silly metric of counting people, including children and other people who aren't even watching the television, they can only muster 400,000 viewers from a country of 38 million people, look. The CBC exists for a bygone era. It has outlived its mandate. It has outlived its usefulness. It is time for us to pull the plug. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.